What's up, guys? Welcome to this week's episode of I Will Not Lose Podcast. Just a quick disclaimer before we get started. I may or may not have referred to our AI companion as ChatGTP instead of ChatGPT, which stands for Generative Pre-Training. So it should be ChatGPT. Rather than edit and punch in the audio and make a distracting listening experience, I'm going to leave the original audio as is and just ask you to bear with us, continue to enjoy the show, grow with us. Success is all about moving from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. So enjoy this week's episode of I Will Not Lose Podcast. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Yo, yo, is this, is this thing on? <clears throat> we live? Yo, good morning, good evening, good night, good afternoon, good dusk, good dawn. Shout out to you, whatever time you're listening from, wherever you're listening from, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Samsung, Podchaser, GeoSavant, Deezer, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube, if you're watching in, let me know what you think of my outfit. Coming live from my voice to your phone, computer, headphones, TV, car stereo, Bluetooth speaker. No smartwatches just yet. I'm checking analytics. Somebody do me a favor. Just listen to this podcast. I don't even know how, but listen to the podcast on your smartwatch. I'm curious to see where those analytics come from. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here right now with us. Thank you. Take a moment to be present and recognize that it is now, right now. Whether you're right now is running, working, cleaning, exercising, flying, laying down, driving, just be grateful we're alive. Failure can be frightening. However, as Winston Churchill reminds us, success is all about going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. This is I Will Not Lose podcast with your host, Tony Ortiz. Let's jump right in. Uh, Announcements. AI is taking over the world. I've talked to teachers, developers, writers, and the verdict is in. Chat GTP is black magic. This is crazy. So if you haven't heard of Chat GTP by now, it's a chatbot that uses advanced artificial intelligence to analyze and understand users' queries to provide relevant, accurate responses. It has the potential to revolutionize the way we search for information online and interact with search engines. Old claim. That's not my claim. That was actually written by the AI itself. So what is it? It's essentially a program by OpenAI that lets you put in text-based prompts and it speaks back to you. So this thing is trained on everything that has ever been created up until like 2021. And again, I this is not MIT, so I'm not a uh, technical wizard here telling you exactly how this works. I'm just telling you my experience with it and why it's a game changer, why you should definitely, definitely check this out. So when a user asks a question or makes a request through ChatGTP, the chatbot uses its AI capabilities to understand the intent and meaning behind the query. Then it searches through a vast amount of data and sources to find the most relevant and accurate responses and presents them to the user in a clear and concise manner. So in other words, you ask it something, it gives you an answer. So you might say, well, I have Google. Everything I do, I just have to ask Google and I can find out. 
notice that Google does a huge amount of changes and they have those little boxes that have the questions and all sorts of SEO people are trying to write, well, how do I get my page to rank for those questions so people can see my content up there? And it's kind of like this weird search engine optimization is this whole field of study around getting you to get the intent back. So I'm not sorry, not get the intent back. The idea is to get a relevant search based on your intent. So if you search for car dealership near me, it should show car dealerships near you, not some out in Kansas. Shout out to my listeners in Kansas. I didn't mean to offend you. If there's car dealerships near you, that's cool. But the thing is, is Google is not it's a great tool. Don't get me wrong. I remember the world before it. But when I was in college, we had classes on how to use Google. And there's all sorts of things with semicolons. And there's ways you can search only on a specific site. So you can use Google to search everything indexed on a site. People don't do this. They just type barbershop, barbershop Allentown, you know, so you're not really talking with the computer in a way that it can understand. So If your experience right now is searching Google, searching through ads, checking for the one, maybe clicking on the third link because you're not sure you trust the first one and sorting through what's relevant versus an AI just going through and saying, oh, yep, I understand what you're trying to ask. Here's what you do. Um, It's absolutely amazing when you use it. Uh, I may actually run some prompts. I don't know how that'll go. So I'll do it towards the end of the show so I can cut it, if anything. But it's really something you have to see to believe. So right now, search engines are ranking pages based on algorithms and relevance and how long your page is up and if it's credible and if there's other pages backlinking to it, where ChatGTP has the prevent the potential to provide a more intuitive search by understanding exactly what you're trying to search for. It can shift the way that search results are presented. So Google's on red alert. Google sees this chat GTP and they've been working on their own algorithms. I'm sorry, their own AI. You know, everybody, you've you've definitely chatted with a computer before. You see the little bubble pop up in the corner of your website that says, hey, chat with us now. And sometimes before they get you to an actual user, they're asking you a series of questions. But ChatGTP, in addition to revolutionizing the way that we search for information, it could be used for customer service, education, uh, yes, test prep. You could prepare for a test, um, have a tutor as AI. These are definitely real things. And if you don't believe me, try it out. So I've been using it to script podcasts. It's very simple. I'll go, the, the gravy train's going to end. It will be a, a paid product and I'm finding ways to use it in my workflow because people who aren't using AI, it's going to be like a mathematician saying, I don't want to use a calculator. I'm about pure math. Uh, it's insane. So I tried it out. I said, let me go ahead and put a headline, uh, write me a headline about Ye's mental health not being an excuse for his anti-Semitic behavior, et cetera. And I was kind of long-winded with it. And it spit back, I'm not going to read it word for word, but you probably saw the short that's got, at this time of recording, 1,500 views based on the headline. Now, the headline was a little long, so I said to ChatGTP, uh, 
that's good, but can you be more concise? Put that in under 100 characters. And it summarized it and gave the headline that I currently use for that clip that's gone semi-viral. And it was just a matter of now, if you've ever written headlines or captions, you know how long it can take. And being able to say, I understand what you're trying to say, and here it is. And then you say, rewrite it. So you can say something like, write me an article about the top 10 things to do this. Now, it's not going to be a perfect article, but you can go and read it and say, okay, um, actually rewrite that, but this time use more passive voice, etc. It understands all these literary terms and you can use it to, if you are a writer and you put it in your workflow, your output could go greatly through the roof. I mean, it, it can skyrocket just by adding something like this to your workflow. So if it can rewrite Google, that's crazy. If it can help writers to create content and create more relevant content, I went and I, I actually started going deep into this and started testing different prompts. One of them was about uh, essentially told chat GTP to become a time machine with a camera that could go to any given date. All I had to do was input the month, date, and the year, and it would describe a picture of something that happened on that day. So you go and you do 1776 and it describes men standing with beards and a hat inside snow with a flag behind them with 13 stripes and stars representing the colonies. It's like, oh crap. So this thing can, it's just a, a idea of how quickly it can reference all the data that we have and know whether or not something happened on a specific date and just give you the answer. No need to go through search queries or things like that. So absolutely insane. So will ChatGTP do to Google what Google did to the yellow pages? How long will this gravy train last? And how will you adapt this to your workflow? I mean, it's easy to say it's too good to be true, but understand it's an open beta right now and you can give it a little thumbs up or thumbs down based on its response and say what a good response would be. So now you have it using blockchain and crowdsourcing all this input to make it even better and crazier. And there are paid versions of things that are out now, but I'm so curious to see where this AI is going. Um, <clears throat> it's it's absolutely insane. Um, we'll see how the scripted, we'll see how the episodes that Chat G, I'm not going to tell you which ones are scripted by chat and which ones were by me, but we'll see how they do in analytics and see if uh, the AI is better than me in that. Uh, another AI people have been talking about is uh, MidJourney. So this was what really got me into looking at AI because MidJourney is specifically... Uh, they would call it AI art, but Midjourney themselves likes the term, uh, I think it was image synthesis. So the idea is that it's they're training an AI to take text prompts and turn them into visuals. So you may have seen uh, Space Odyssey, a gentleman won, uh, I wish I had his name. Hang on one second. Let me see if I put it in my notes. I would have done this. Uh not going to look for it, but somebody blast me in the comments and let me know the gener the gentleman who won the uh, art show 
for digital manipulation, he submitted an AI generated prompt. Now, not to take anything away from him because he did like 800 prompts, had a graphic design background, took pieces of it. So without going into his process, he created a beautiful piece of art that the judges said would have won whether they knew AI had anything to do with it or not. So the method is being questioned, not so much the output. And the fact that AI like Midjourney is trained on, I think it's called Stable Diffusion, where it takes a bunch of existing artwork and decides this is what is a dog. This is what is this. Um, I did a prompt for it. I said, show me a podcast studio with a crown hanging from the microphone and a um, graffiti style. I think that was the other, I think that was the only parameters I gave it. Um, Go ahead. I'll mark the episode. Go ahead and throw that up there. Uh, Look at this. This is crazy. So not only did it take 60 seconds to generate this, it gave me four different variations. And then from there, you can choose to get more variations based on a specific one or upscale it out. So I'm like, this is insane. Being a graphic designer as a profession, the idea of taking something from the client in their thought that they can't put onto paper and generating it for them is how I've made money for the last decade. If a computer can do that, I'm like, wow, is this going to replace me? That's completely insane. So I like to go to the source Um, if I hear about something and check it out, so I did join the discord server, you can inbox me. I'll let you know how you can try out mid journey. It's free right now. All you need is a discord account, but you go in and you try it out and you can go into one of the newbie channels and play around with it. But they also have office hours where the staff is there and they talk about what their focus are. They said they're not even focused on having this involved in a professional workflow, you know, so they're not worried about the licensing or how people use it. Um, I could see it being used for clients to kind of say, oh, I want to see that in this style. I don't see it being the finished product that just skips a graphic designer. Um, I mean, you have to go through so many prompts to get it to understand what you're doing. But just in the last year, it's gotten so crazy. So uh, we'll see. I'm in, I'm interested. I'm interested to see where it goes and what it does, but I'm going to play around with it more. I'll try to introduce it. <clears throat> I don't know if I'm going to use AI to do podcast thumbnails or anything like that just yet, but interesting, interesting stuff. Technology is so crazy, man. Um, another news. I just saw Avatar. Um, not the way of the water. The 2023, like the 2009 Avatar. (laughs) I took so long to see this because I didn't learn until recently not to be such a damn perfectionist. So I read so much about the technology. I knew about James Cameron. I was so excited to see Avatar. I would watch the behind the scenes, the making of it, the promo. And I was like, I need to see this the way it was meant to see in IMAX 3D. And they didn't even have IMAX theaters near me. So I never went to the theater to see it in 2D. Uh, It came out again in theaters and I didn't drive to Philly and see it in IMAX. It came out on Blu-ray DVD. Aye, aye, aye. Finally just went and picked it up on uh, uh, Blu-ray, watched it, phenomenal. And then I took my son to see the the avatar everybody's talking about, the Way of the Water Part 2. It's... (sighs) 
it's nuts, man. You could do a whole episode on James Cameron, but one thing that I've uh, learned with him, I mean, people need to stop being surprised when James Cameron gets the bag to produce another Hollywood blockbuster. Like, if you just look at his his history, I mean, everything from Titanic, Avatar, I mean, he has multiple of the top grossing films of all time in his repertoire. And one of the interesting things about um, Titanic was it was such a massive undertaking with a budget of around 200 million. And it started to go behind schedule and behind, uh, behind budget over budget. So the studios that were financing it started getting all weird and they didn't want to put anything more to complete it. So Cameron put up his own money to finish the production and make it one of the highest grossing films of all time. I mean, it's earned over 2 billion, 11 Academy Awards, best picture, best director for Cameron. Uh, it, it remains one of the highest grossing films of all time. So when you can go and do that and everybody wants to talk about, oh, you know, he, he wrote terminator and his car and stuff i i heard him on shout out to smartless podcast he was on there he said that wasn't exactly true he did have a place to live but he did drive out in his car at 3 a.m and do some writing just to keep that noir dark uh feeling so i can respect the craft in that but when you believe in something that you can put your own money up on it just to get it done i mean he's the smartest investment in hollywood so please stop being surprised when they give him an unlimited amount of money to make an unlimited amount of money. He's uh, one of the best at all times to do it. So that launched him into the stratosphere. It's absolutely, completely insane. But he's like not only an adopter to new technology, he helped create the technology for things like Avatar. I mean, on that Smartlist podcast, he goes on to talk about they take two years just to develop the water mechanics. So imagine being a developer for Avatar, just working for two years on making the water move and bounce and look super realistic and high definition. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. And then this technology will be used to make other films in Hollywood and stuff. So that's insane. I can proudly say I'm like a mid to late adopter to technology. Um, one thing I've learned is just never buy anything brand new. Um, there's a tons, there's a bunch of reasons. There's costs, there's bugs and glitches. There's the fact that the reviews or the information hasn't come out to it, but you know, technology price decreases over time and becomes more widely available. So unless I need something for my workflow, I'll give you an example. I bought a um, it's sitting over there an Acer. I, I'm not even going to say the model number cause these, these, it's like, it might as well be the XZ2542. It's like a 27 digit encryption code, the way they name these monitors. But I think I paid like 600, maybe 550, 600 for the monitor. And it was normally an $800 monitor, but it had, I mean, getting into video, you just, you need a good screen graphic design, you need a good screen. Um, it's, it's a great investment. The price of screens has gone down so much. That same screen now is about $200. The same one I paid that was 800. Uh, you can get one better than it 
for three hundred dollars, three hundred fifty. And if you spend six, seven hundred dollars on a screen now, I mean, you can get a huge thirty-two inch curved. Like it's absolutely insane what we've seen happen in screen technology. So I got it because I needed it at the time. Um, I would never go and buy a brand new state of the art screen at the time. There was still two thousand dollar monitors that I could have used for what I do, but. That's where I found my niche. So, I mean, when stuff first comes out, it can be buggy. It can be glitchy. Shout out to my gamers. But anybody that's played a new game that was all hype, I, I never buy a pre-order game anymore. Last game I pre-ordered was Cyberpunk 2077. I think that was like 2000. Oh, damn, when did that come out? 2019, 2018 or so? Was it that long ago? I think it might have been 2018. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, it was years ago since I pre-ordered a game because you give the place the money. They don't have to finish the game. They have the luxury to just patch it later. So I found myself buying old games. I go and I look at what was the game of the year last year. So currently I'm playing Psychonauts 2. It was the last, uh, I don't know, game of the year 2021. So by going and getting this, I know it's the version that's already been patched. It's already been fixed. It's already got all the reviews out. Everybody knows what they're going to get. And it's the final version of the game. So if you buy a brand new iPhone, or even if you update your software right away, you deal with those bugs, you deal with things. So um, all in all, just to kind of summarize, ChatGTP is taking over the world. You should definitely take a look at MidJourney, although it's not commercial based. It is absolutely going to disrupt the way. Uh, I did an episode over uh, the holiday about Lenza. I didn't talk about that on that episode, but you can go and see my take on Lenza AI. I guess my take is that AI is not going anywhere. We're just going to continue to see this. Uh, we're going to continue to see new applications and it's going to get better and better because that's just the way that machine learning works. What else did we cover? James Cameron is a beast. Avatar 2 is phenomenal and you should be a late adopter to tech. What you think? Good. All right. We covered it. This is I Will Not Lose Podcast, stories of success learned from failure. To support the show, visit the website shows.acast.com slash I Will Not Lose and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Share the episode link, leave a comment. Whatever you do, man, your contribution is appreciated. Thank you for listening. 